This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey listeners, it's time. Welcome to our great big Oscars 2023 prediction show. And with me to predict the hell out of this year's Academy Awards, the one and only maestro, awards watch editor-in-chief, Eric Anderson. Eric, welcome. I am so excited to be here. We are almost there. We're in the final 10 days. Oh my Unbelievable. gosh. Voting has commenced. This is it. This is like the rocket has launched. Um, We're going to get to the predictions, everyone. But first, Eric, I just briefly want to talk to you about the latest precursors. Ryan and I did a show on the BAFTAs, the British Academy Awards, so you guys can listen to that. Those winners were very different from what we saw stateside. The BAFTAs, all quiet on the Western Front, took a whole bunch and not a lot for everything everywhere all at once. Talk about the PGAs, the Producers Guild Awards, and the SAGs, the Screen Actors Guild, that were uh, the week after. What happened there, and what's your analysis? Yeah, and and Directors Guild, which was the yes. same same weekend as as BAFTA, the night before. Actually, there were there were uh, like the Daniels both jumped on red eyes to to get to uh, London the next day. It was it was wild. How the hell? Kate Blanchett is here. She's in Santa Barbara. And then she's there. And then she's back in, in Berlin. And then she's back. And it's like, oh. I don't get it. I can't even get from one side of LA to the other in two hours. I don't know how you're <laughs> going to, you know, fly across the uh, Atlantic. Um, This last two weeks have been so fun with all of these precursors. And they're really telling, telling the story of timing. Because BAFTA coming before SAG is, we have not seen that in this era at all. Everything is kind of backwards and inside out. SAG is usually January. Uh, We have, it's a much shorter window, but their voting window is a month long. It's, It's fantastic. And there is so much overlap between those voting periods. So after BAFTA, we were in the middle of PGA voting and the end of SAG voting. So anybody that might have had some, you know, late, late voting, maybe they were impacted positively or negatively by All Quiet. It kind of didn't matter since All Quiet wasn't PGA nominated, not SAG nominated. So the the, the freedom was there. And that's there's a certain element of if you are not competing against your direct competition, how not how valid is the win, but how much does it count when you are not winning against the 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 thing that is your your closest competition? But I think what BAFTA showed us is that All Quiet's win was incredible and awesome and unprecedented in how many it won, but everything losing to that wasn't as i guess impactful as if say it lost to banshees right right it's a, it's a it's a different story it's a different it's a different thing and it was wild seeing you know all quiet make that 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 big sweep and people readjusting their predictions and how everything was going to go and then a week later doing it again um it's you know i make fun of the top gun can win best picture folks and now i actually feel really justified in it (laughs) because they're i mean they were listen i am the most stubborn person with predictions and i will dig my heels into the last minute even if i know that it's not happening sometimes you know not to my to my own good judgment um but yeah, people stuck with with Top Gun winning PGA like all the way to the end. The um... well, it feels like it's a more traditional. It's the producers, it's the money people. They gave Tom Cruise this huge award. He had this fifteen minute speech and came out to Wagner <laughs> or whatever it was. <laughs> his montage, his montage was thirteen minutes long. It was I w- I was there and it was 
we were just like stunned. And it was a great montage. Yeah, it was a great montage. It was gorgeous. As Steven Spielberg would say, he saved Hollywood's ass, you know. Um, so that's thinking that's I guess why the thinking that they potentially but it see it, it didn't for me because it's not really a traditional PGA winner. It yeah, it made a lot of money, but that makes you a PGA nominee. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of thing that wins. But the uh, fact that everything everywhere all at once won PGA, were you surprised? No, not one single bit. That was an easy prediction because that is a PGA winner. That is a small movie that made a ton of money. And that's what producers like. Yes, of course they like Top Gun making a billion dollars. That was that was amazing. But what Everything Everywhere All at Once did was more in line with what they like. Look at look, I mean, look at their past winners, mm-hmm. even in the last decade. Gravity is probably the only thing outside of like the last uh 10 winners. And, and that was a tie. It right, tied right. with the eventual best picture winner. Um what was that? I don't even remember that was that was 12 years of slave year. Oh right. So they tied at PGA, the only tie they've ever had there. Uh, you know, Quaron won director and 12 years of slave one picture, and you could you could see the 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 chips falling, you could see exactly where things were gonna go. Um, but that's gravity's the only blockbuster type of movie that's really won in the preferential ballot era. Um I mean, I don't think La La Land qualifies as a blockbuster in the same way. La La Land is more like everything, everywhere, all at once. Right. I mean, we we know how that turned out yeah. in the end. <laughs> but this is a different story. This is a different story. And right before, as you mentioned, the Daniels had won um, Directors Guild and then the PJs, And then at the Screen Actors Guild with three out of the four actors from Everything Everywhere All at Once and um, Best Cast, which was a historic win, right? It's completely historic win. No film has ever won four. And it was nominated for five. And it only <laughs> didn't win five because two were in the same category. Yeah. Because <laughs> the Jamie Lee Curtis win... It was a surprise in the sense that she hadn't won any anything up to that point. But in terms of SAG, it makes perfect sense because especially in that category, they love veterans that have never uh, been able to be awarded by SAG just because of timing. They're 29 years old, which is now, you know, getting up there. Mm-hmm. But we have plenty of previous winners who have never been able to be acknowledged for their previous work because it largely happened before SAG. Uh, and and this was this was one of those kind of opportunities. Of course, everybody thought that that was going to be Angela Bassett getting that recognition. Uh, so it, it positioned Jamie Lee Curtis quite well. We're soon going to get into that. The, the position that everything everywhere all at once is is amazing i was looking at all the experts on gold derby every single one now has uh, that movie as best picture so (laughs) it just sort of sealed the deal yeah i mean it took it took me a very long time to fall in line with with putting everything everywhere at number one um i did it way later than than most people um before you know pga dj and all that but much later, you know, I, 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 I was hesitant enough to to wonder if it could really happen. But now that we're here, obviously, it, it can and likely will. Well, it's such an incredible narrative. I was just thinking, I think it's pretty much a year ago that this movie came out. It was like, yeah, March, South by Southwest. Yeah. March. It, it has been chugging along and just being loved for a year. I mean, it's an amazing story. And um, let's get into predictions for okay. the Oscars. Thinking about an order of doing this, I chose to do the order of the telecast last year. And that means we're starting with um, supporting actress. there we have as you mentioned angela bassett for black panther wakanda forever hong chow for the whale carrie condon the banshees of inna sharon jamie lee curtis everything everywhere all at once and stephanie shu everything everywhere all at once this is interesting now considering our discussion before what's your take um i have i have not finalized (laughs) 
my predictions yet. It is a truly exciting category. We've got Angela Bassett winning the Globe and Critics' Choice, Carrie Condon winning BAFTA, Jamie Lee Curtis winning SAG. It is quite up in the air. Um, both Bassett and Curtis come in as veterans. Uh, it's Curtis's first nomination. Each of them have a limited amount of screen time compared to their their co-nominees, and especially Curtis compared to Shu. Curtis right. is in the movie for like 12 minutes, uh, and Shu is practically a co-lead. And normally when we see that, the co-lead is or that's in supporting is has such a clear advantage and we're not seeing that here or in supporting actor for that matter um so this is here's my here's my inner workings and in theories here um because clearly we are seeing the strength of everything everywhere right now right as voting kicks off perfect timing amazing timing and there's something about this category that's been very unique for the last, I think it's eight years in a row now. The supporting actress winner is the only win from her movie. So we've got Bassett and Condon as the most likely people to be able to do that, which I think is one of the reasons why, besides veteran status, that a lot of us have been predicting Bassett because she could easily be uh, the sole win for Black Panther Wakanda forever. If Condon is, and she also makes sense, that means that screenplay is maybe not for Banshees, unless we're seeing it broken this year. So all of that means I don't know yet. <laughs> but <laughs> but for, for this, I think... I'm going I will, with Jamie I will go Lee. With, oh my God. I'm going to go with Condon, but oh. Curtis is now my number two. There's just this momentum, this love for Jamie Lee, how she's talking about her parents, her history, the love that they feel for each other um, every time the cast gets up there. I think it's hers to lose, actually. It would be, it would be interesting you know, in thinking about the other categories too and and how many single movies have won three acting Oscars because it's a very few. So for right now, we're doing this March 2nd. Um, <laughs> I want, I'm going to say Condon. But, you know. As with so many this year, I mean, I'm happy with Condon. I mean, personally, this yeah. is, I just think it's an incredible year in so many ways. So we're moving on to sound. There we have All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. Oh, my God. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on, it wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Again, a category I have not finalized yet, and another category that has recent history that we can go off of, and that is that sound and film editing go hand in hand a lot. Um, it was a little easier when this category was two, when it was sound mixing and sound editing. So logic would tell us that Top Gun Maverick is likely the winner here i want to lean all quiet because of its surge and i'm but i'm wondering because all quiet's not nominated for film editing so it can't win there if we might have a split mm -hmm. finally this year because everything everywhere is not nominated here which it really should be so there is top gun really is the only thing other than Elvis obviously um, but I don't think that's going to be the editing and sound winner 
I think I will probably go with Top Gun. I feel like it is the logical choice and I'm not willing to make a risky choice in a below the line category quite yet. I'm going with Top Gun too. I mean, war movies tend to have a good chance in sound. And someone was saying not to count Elvis out, that the music wise, and then that really should be under consideration. But I just think that this is where they're going to give it to Top Gun. I think I think if this was a split category, All Quiet would win sound editing right. like Hacksaw Ridge did easily. Um, I think... And if, and if it was sound mixing, then we would be looking at Top Gun and Elvis. The 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 details of what each of those sound designers did to create the sound in those movies is really exceptional. It's really incredible. Um, both of them have, you know, BAFTA, Cinema Audio Society, and Motion Picture Sound Editors nominations and... But I'm gonna... I'm gonna I'm going to fall in line with recent history and, and pick and pick Top Gun here. I talked to the sound, one of the sound um, designers. The references mm -hmm. for sound were actually from reading letters from soldiers from the front, which I thought was just a fascinating detail. But lots of things are fascinating. I don't think that <laughs> yes, there's 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 a lot of possibility here. But they're here in cinematography too, which is the next one. There we also have All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. Some big names here, which I guess the voters don't see the actual names of the cinematographers, correct? Um, yeah, but I mean at the at the branch nominating state, everyone's gonna know. That's why you get, you know, Roger Deakins in here, you because you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying about that movie? No, um, oh no, it's it's beautifully shot. I'm just saying it's it's he's the the Diane Warren here. So this is a, a again. Where's Top Gun? Why is it not here? That's it's so crazy. weird, Claudio Miranda. I mean, I don't understand that one at all. That was one of the biggest snubs of Oscar nomination morning. Um. We well, you know, we got we got a deep we got a default Roger Deakins nomination, uh, mm -hmm. which is you know I'm not trying to shade him, but like it's 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 quite something to for for that movie to miss. So that really opens the door for Elvis or All Quiet. Elvis winning would be the first uh, woman to win this category. Mandy Walker is only the third female nominee here, but. It seems pretty, the path for All Quiet seems very uh, open for it to, to win. It won the British side. It's not nominated uh, for ASC, where Elvis is, uh, and where Top Gun is. What if Top Gun wins ASC? <laughs> that you know, then, then we're like, well, okay, whatever. Again, it's one of those situations where if you win against somebody that you're not nominated against at the Oscars, kind of a kind of a wash it doesn't it doesn't hurt it would only hurt elvis if top gun wins asc it won't hurt all quiet i'm going with all quiet yeah pretty pretty sure about that but <laughs> yeah oh i'm <laughs> something I'm, i should never say I, I feel very good about it so documentary short the elephant whispers haul out how do you measure a year the martha mitchell effect and stranger at the gate I'm going with the elephant whispers, which seems to be sort of a beloved choice. I was just listening to the director of Stranger at the Gate, which seems like a fascinating story, but um, it seems like the consensus is for the elephant whispers. There's, I, I'm going with Stranger at the Gate. Oh, um, you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but Elephant Whispers makes a lot of sense. It's Netflix. There's a certain My Octopus Teacher quality yes. to it. But, you know, I, I think things are different in the short film categories than, you know, with documentary feature. We we have we have the and we'll talk about that, obviously, in that category. We have a, tons of precursors for documentary feature and we can see, you know, uh, uh, narratives take hold. And that's really hard to do with the short film categories, especially uh, doc short. So I, yeah, I'm going with Stranger at the Gate with the Malala connection and. Very likely. Visual effects. 
All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. This is this is the most locked category of the night. Yes, that's Avatar. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. yeah, this this and probably anime feature are the the easiest categories. Anything anything other than what I think we're both thinking <laughs> to win each of those would be huge, huge upset. All right, moving along uh, to that one, animated feature film, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, Turning Red. Pinocchio, no question. Yeah, Pinocchio has the Annie, BAFTA, Critics' Choice, Golden Globe. Uh, and it has uh, Guillermo. <laughs> PGA, yeah, it's, this is, yeah. There is certainly a world where Marcel the Shell upsets it it beat pinocchio in a couple of annie categories but um no <laughs> it's pinocchio i mean there's always something shocking at the oscars right that makes it so wonderful but this uh, yeah i don't think it'll be here <laughs> probably not so animated short the boy the mole the fox and the horse the flying sailor ice merchants my year of dicks an ostrich told me the world is fake and i think i believe it this is a great group of films. I think, um, you know, people might be super intrigued by the title alone for the ostrich show me. Um, yes. I think the, I think this is between uh, the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse and ice merchants. Uh, it would be, it would be a, I think a historic one for ice merchants with the Portuguese director. And Boy, the Mole, Fox, the Horse is the longest of these. I think it's 32, 34 minutes. And, you know, when you have some of the shorts that are 10 and 15 minutes, you, you might be more inclined to go with them as short films versus a 30 plus minute film. But I'm going with The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, the Horse, which has uh, Annie and BAFTA, right? Based on a really beloved book, and, and it's a bit saccharine, but uh, it seems like the one that has the momentum. Um, it's not my favorite of these, but this is what I'm predicting as well. This is a pretty much locked one, I think we're going to say. Supporting actor. Brendan Gleeson, The Banshees of Nishiran, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, Causeway, Judd Hirsch, The Fablemans, uh, Barry Keoghan, The Banshees of Nishiran, and Kiyui Kwan, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Key? Yeah, he's only lost the BAFTA, uh, which, you know, BAFTA and SAG completely uh, divorced this year. Um, and we will see if there is a, a moment of reconciliation next year, but definitely not this year. Um, this is Quan's to lose. It has been his to lose for more than any category uh, of, of the acting category. And um, I cannot wait for this speech as well. Everyone is I, better than the last. <laughs> each each of his speeches are absolutely incredible and genuine. And uh, he is one of the kindest people I have met especially this circuit this year um his story is so undeniable everybody has a lot of narratives narratives are the story of this season there are so many comeback narratives there are so many veteran narratives uh this year uh, but I think his stands above everybody else. And I just have to say to the listeners that you guys have an incredible uh, interview with him on uh, Awards Watch by one of your writers, Kevin. That is just amazing. I've never been more proud of anything that I have published in 10 years. Ever, ever, ever. It It's... um. It's a very emotional piece. They really connected um, yeah. in every way. Certainly something to read. Let's move on to international feature film. All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985, Close, EO, and The Quiet Girl. This seems locked too, right, for All Quiet. It does. And and uh, just before I, I hopped on here I, is when I started my uh, my official final prediction so i was just doing the write-ups for uh animated documentary and international feature film and I, this is a fascinating category because the film that would have been most likely to win isn't here 
uh, and that's India's RRR, which won the Globe and Critics' Choice, but India decided not to go with it as their submission. And to their detriment, because it could have probably, it probably could have gone all the way. Um, but clearly the the success of All Quiet at BAFTA and with Oscar nominations and with the entire voting body uh, able to vote, it, this this should be uh, a win. Considering the amount of nominations they have, I miss decision to leave here. I think that it's heartbreaking. But this is this is one of the richest years in this category in forever. Live action short, An Irish Goodbye, Ivalu Le Pupil, Night Ride, The Red Suitcase. Um, I'm going with Le Pupil, which is, uh, which is, I think a lot of people are, it feels almost too easy, which means there's totally going to be an upset here. Yeah, which will be an Irish Goodbye, I think. <laughs> which will be an Irish Goodbye, yes. the BAFTA winner. Exactly. That is, that's the spoiler here. Um, But I think, you know, it's, with Alfonso Cuaron and, and Alice Rucker behind it, uh, it's on Disney Plus, and it and it has been. It's got, it has more visibility behind it. But you know, you it's, I think Irish Goodbye is absolutely a secret spoiler. Let's go to costume design: Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. This is a fun category. I'm all over the place. <laughs> so help me. Yeah, because the precursors were all over the place. Critics' Choice went with Black Panther Wakanda Forever. BAFTA went with Elvis. Uh, Costume Designers Guild went with Elvis and Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, which is really one of the most inspired nominations uh, category. Considering the things that it missed and then getting into costume design, fantastic. I love it. The um, amount of costumes and the amount of fantastical thinking that went into that. I love it. I think so, too. I think almost anything would be a great winner here because the it's pretty exciting and, and creative. Um, I am going with Elvis as the Bafton CDG winner. And Catherine Martin is undefeated here so far. Catherine Martin. I think I'm going with that too. For me, it's between that and Babylon. I think Mary Zoffrey's, this could be where people give Babylon something, if not in score. But yeah, I'm, I'm going with Catherine Martin Elvis. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, we'll have an interesting discussion when we get to production design and how these two sync up or don't. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with, with Elvis. Although when you think of the movie and you think of the costume design i think you only really think of two things the leather suit from the 68 special and the pink suit at the beginning it doesn't strike you as oh my god this costume this costume this costume the way that black panther does uh or maybe even the way that that babylon does or the way that everything everywhere does um yet it still feels like a winner. Is that because it's Catherine Martin? Or what do you think? Or just because this relationship we have to the pop cultural icon that is Elvis? Or I think it's I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's the strength of the movie, too. OK, a couple of my favorite categories now, the screenplays, um, starting with original. The Banshees of Nishiran, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar and Triangle of Sadness. Oh my god. I've gone back and forth on this one. Me too. And I'm just gonna like, go. I think it's the Banshees here. I think this is the love for this movie is gonna you're gonna see it here and with Martin McDonough. So I mean <laughs> like like I said in, in supporting actress, I mean I, I was really thinking that this that Banshees would be uh this is the place that it would win, like the only place that it would win. Um, and that would be, that would fall in line with like Belfast last year. And it still makes sense, but if I'm going to go with Condon, am I, I mean, I have to figure out if I'm going to lock myself into this last eight years of supporting actress and what that means. And if it means anything at all, because I don't think voters are thinking like that. No, they don't. That's not, that's not how they do it. Exactly. 
but I mean, it's 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 only banshees or everything everywhere. And if it's everything everywhere, then we're talking about the closest thing to um, a sweep and the most wins of any movie in like a decade. If we if it gets screenplay as well, which it totally can. Um, banshees has BAFTA and the Globe. Everything only has Critics' Choice. It'll win uh, WGA, though, because it's not going up against the ineligible Banshees. I just think um, that Banshees is the one that people are quoting. You're so fucking boring and all these things. It's just it, it's the screenplay and these themes and the sort of philosophical nature of the movies. McDonough is so associated as being a playwright uh, more mm-hmm. so than a director, weirdly enough. But but um. I don't know. I, I it that's sort of my thinking here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Banshees as well, which it just makes sense. Um, it makes sense as the kind of thing that wins here, as a sort of consolation prize. So yeah. that means and I would. I would I'm have... not going with Carrie. Yeah, <laughs> you're 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 falling in line with with kind of with with that side of it. So we're 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 on different sides of of how that's going to break down at least right now. All right, then then we have adapted. So that's all quiet on the Western Front. Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. Uh, I think this is only between two films. It's between All Quiet and Women Talking. Um. I'm going with women talking. I'm going um, with women talking as well. It's gonna. I think it's gonna win uh, USC Scripter uh, this weekend, and then Writers Guild, uh, where All Quiet is not at. Again, it's one of those weird things. Um, All Quiet won BAFTA. Women Talking wasn't nominated there, but Women Talking has the Best Picture nomination to go with it and the SAG cast nomination to go with it. So actors are behind it to a certain extent. Yeah, and Sarah um, Pauly, who actors and writers and are behind, I think there's a lot of love for her. Yeah, and she's the only woman nominated. Yeah, well, All Quiet on the Western Front has Leslie. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm thinking in, in, in Best Picture and as a director, so... right. It's not been the the greatest year no, for women directors again. We're back to five guys. Yeah, we're back to that. Uh, so this is uh, it, it's it's definitely between those two. So I think you know a lot of people feel like like All Quiet has a phenomenal momentum and strength, and it absolutely does. Um, and both of both of those films, actually, most of these films, Living as well. Uh, go to such lengths in their adaptations uh, that traditional adaptations don't, especially though I think Women Talking, which transplants location and uh, and characters to a con- entirely different place and time and uh, the way that Polly holds back on where they are. And what time period it is until the end, I think, is brilliant. There is a tremendous amount of humor in the screenplay and the film that I think was really unexpected by maybe people going into uh, the film. And she is a great narrative, too. She is actor turned writer, director. Um, and I, th- I think like her nomination for Away From Her a decade ago shows that she is supported by this academy the women are talking so, oh my god <laughs> i don't even oh that was so gross we um, have to we have to just pause to talk about that why do they choose Wal- mark Wahlberg Wal- getting to 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 pick getting to present uh that award first uh, of all with his racist past um, yes with asian americans not great and and then so casually misogynistic calling it women are talking he just wasn't he just wasn't even like paying attention he didn't care no he did not care never heard he, of it ever seen it the women are talking he most definitely <laughs> has not seen it but that's uh, yeah i just 
why does he get to introduce the biggest award of the night? I don't know. I don't know why why his status was really kind of elevated to to final presenter like that. I don't know. I hope we don't see it again anytime soon. Anyway, we digress. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so irritating. Moving on to original score, where we again find All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Fablemans. John Williams. Um, uh, This is also a category with multiple precursors that have been spread out. Um, <laughs> Critics' Choice went for Tar, which was a choice. Yeah, that's very, very, talk about that because that's not even eligible. It wasn't eligible for the Oscars, and they had also nominated uh, uh, her score for Women Talking, which is significantly better and actually there, uh, but that didn't make it here. So we have like, uh, you know, Babylon won the globe, but Justin Hurwitz is four for four there. Um, uh, what do we have society of composers and lyricists went for everything everywhere all at once um bafta went for all quiet uh i think this is going to go to all quiet as the best picture nominee i am going between babylon and all quiet although i think babylon is is people are really talking about that score it's so predominant in the movie um but I guess no one's seen it, so. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it, people are definitely talking about the score, but if we look at, like, a lot of recent winners, Best Picture Connection is, is, mm -hmm. is, is a very good one, with the exception of The Hateful Eight, which was mm -hmm. definitely a career coronation for Morricone. Um... And then Soul, which absolutely ran uh, the the precursors. And no career coronation for Williams? He doesn't need it. He's had so many. I don't think so. I mean, talk about a score which you could not remember, which is, you know, no offense to John Williams. I think there's like less than, there's definitely, there's less than like 30 minutes of score here. Uh, long periods of no score at all. Um, he has 53 nominations and has, he's he's good. He's good. <laughs> he's good. He's good. He'll be fine. Let's go to film editing. And this is an important one historically. Banshees, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. What surprises you here? Well, Tar's nominations here and in cinematography, while maybe surprise is too big of a word, it, they are incredible nominations here and i am so thrilled that they are here uh you know this is this is the best picture top four plus top gun which is which is kind of great um having you know things like the banshees of, of in sharon here speaks to its strength uh overall because it would be easy to to dismiss it it'd be easy just to dismiss the editing in tar too as a drama with some thriller elements but you know it's a two hour and 45 minute movie that isn't frenetically cut like elvis or everything everywhere or top gun so both of the mere existence of banshees and tar here is incredible um I'm going with Top Gun and sound. I'm going with Top Gun and film editing. All right. I'm going with everything everywhere. I feel yeah. that, that has the momentum. I, I want to. And again, you know, once we, once we get to a, a couple of days from now, I might change my mind with my <laughs> officials because there's also a world where Top Gun gets completely snuck. That's that could happen. It's a much higher chance of happening than winning Best Picture. Well, they can count their money. They'll fine. They're fine. <laughs> they're 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 gonna be fine. All right, documentary feature: All That Breathes, All the Beauty in the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, A House Made of Splinters, and Navalny. This a couple months ago, I would have said something else, and now things seem to have changed with the Navalny streak in yep. several places. Exactly right. And again, this is timing and and the, 
everything. We've we've had so many turns uh, leading up to uh, where we are in voting because again, lots of precursors here of of different kinds kinds of uh, groups and guilds and organizations. Uh, the Critics Choice Curse returned this year <laughs> when they awarded Goodnight Oppie, and then it was snubbed here. Um, All That Breathes uh, won International Documentary Association and then Cinema Eye Honors, but that feels like a lifetime ago. Then Directors Guild said, no, we're going with Fire of Love. Sarah Dosa, yeah. People were like, okay, all right, this is kind of back on top. And then PGA and Baptist said, no. Navalny and Navalny makes perfect sense as the kind of I feel really good about voting for this because it's the moment we're in. Yeah. It's the moment we're in. I'm going with that one too. That sort of came this past few weeks, really. Yeah. Again, timing is is everything. And when you can kind of come in at the last minute and swoop in right before voting starts, there you go. We're moving on to production design, which I'm curious about because you've mentioned a few times. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, and The Fablemans. What's going on here? Here we have Catherine Martin again for Elvis. So, you know, earlier in the season, because of Catherine Martin's history here, she's won both costume design and production design twice with Moulin Rouge uh, in 2001 and Great Gatsby in 2013. So she is four for four. All while her husband is still waiting Snubbed for his. director every single yeah. time. So early I was like, easy, let's stamp it. Elvis is winning both. Uh, and then Precursors came in and Babylon won Critics' Choice, BAFTA, Art Director's Guild, all against Elvis. And I'm like, what's going on here? What's going on here? And there's sort of an element like costume design where can you pick out the elements and scenes and moments of Elvis that go, wow, that's great production design. Even if you know, you know, that whole entire, you know, sequences of the streets and town were created. Obviously the, the circus and festival and all that were created. But then when you think about just the sequence alone in Babylon of the multiple sets in Manny's first day on set. And uh, it's hard to deny Babylon here. I'm I'm absolutely going for Babylon. I mean, the, the Elvis, the Memphis uh, that they made in Australia, I mean, of course, incredible. But um, there's something about create Hollywood creating Hollywood and feels undeniable to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, every every set in Babylon is pretty extraordinary, uh, whether it's the details in an office or a house. Uh, but it's absolutely that sequence of of that first day of shooting that there's, there, I, yeah. Agreed. So a song we're going to- Oh, yes, yeah, song. This is- some going to be some good production numbers. <laughs> yes. Applause, Tell It Like a Woman, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, Lift Me Up, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Natu Natu, RRR, This Is a Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. And we have some stars to talk about here. Yes, David Byrne, This Is a Life. Uh, Rihanna, Lift Me Up, Hold My Hand, Lady Gaga. Do we know if she's performing he's the last holdout so far every other every other song has been uh revealed to be sung and uh performed live at the oscars except for hold my hand so far so we'll just have to see i'm sure she'll come she's just playing a little being a little yeah i don't (laughs) i I think she probably knows she's not winning she's got to be there she's got to perform she's got to perform it'll still be a great moment not to not to to lose Absolutely not to not to to lose, especially since it's not in international feature. Uh, This number will bring the house down. This is going to be amazing. I I feel like they they should open with it to get things really going. Um, And they've done that before. They did the uh, that that Justin Timberlake nominated song opened the show. And that's a great way to kick things off. Directing we're on already. 
Banshees of Nisharan, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fableman's Tar and Triangle of Sadness. A couple months ago, I was sure about Papa Spielberg. I think a lot of people were. He won the Globe and people were like, oh, maybe that means something. People also thought that he was going to upset Indirector at DGA. But Pipe Dreams. This is the Daniels. They're winning. This is the Daniels. And that's so great. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for that. That's an easy one. We have lead actor. This is not as easy for me anyway. Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Meskel for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. So I think anybody would acknowledge this is between BAFTA winner Austin Butler and SAG winner Brendan Fraser. It's really one of those two. Yep. Um, but who? <laughs> each, each with with different narratives, uh, depending, you know. Frazier was obviously my early pick. I had him at number one since May of last year, all the way, all the way to now. Um, because the globe loss wasn't really, you, it was, it wasn't difficult to, to, to see the writing on the wall there with Frazier's horrible history uh, with the HFPA, meaning, you know, not, his horrible history, but their horrible history with him, I should say. So, yeah, I mean, that was kind of a no-win situation for them, you know, not giving him the win or giving them the win when, you know, he publicly said he will not be there, he will not accept it, all that. So it went to Austin Butler uh, or Elvis, which was a pretty easy prediction anyway. Um, Colin Farrell did win the Comedy Globe. He won that or in Bruges uh, a decade ago. Um, Frazier also won Critics' Choice. I am leaning Butler for a few reasons. He's the only person playing like a real person um, that has a chance to win. And voters do love that. Uh, and then, of yeah, course, we've seen that on, many times past the yeah. years. <laughs> depending on how you think makeup is going to break out, break down too. That will likely be either Elvis in both places or the whale in both places. Um, it's, I think it's one of the most up in the air categories. In fact, I mean, since we have that in three of the four acting categories this year, I've never been more excited at this much potential of being one or the other. I love it. It's awesome. I'm I'm leaning Butler. Yeah, I was interested at, at the Santa Barbara film at the panels there. I was I was listening to sort of the audience um, reactions to the different panelists and the different evenings since there's so many voters there. And Brendan Fraser was huge applause and people were screaming out for you know Encino Man and just loving. But Austin Butler was bananas. I mean that was like a Harry Styles concert or something, but with an older audience. Yeah, it was bananas. They, this is the guy they want. It's going to be it's going to be interesting right up to they open that envelope. Paul Meskel. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god, I would lose obviously lose my <laughs> mind, and I would be in the grave that evening. <laughs> the next one is makeup and hairstyling, where we have that same issue then, um, but all quiet on the Western Front: The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and the Whale. Is it between oh, wait, those two? Wait, are you are you going with Frazier or Butler for actor? Oh, oh, oh. I'm going with Butler. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I think that for the reasons you said that he's playing a, a person. I mean, we've seen the past few years, especially people who play musicians, <laughs> singers, and also the fact that Elvis is such a success. Yeah. Whale is too, but but Elvis feels like runaway. But I mean, Brendan Fraser's narrative is incredible. So I'm also absolutely not sure of it but at the moment i'm going with butler yeah yeah it's i think it's i think it's very close i think it's very 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 close as so is lead actress uh but mm -hmm. once we get to lead actress and we can have an interesting conversation about studio dominance too and how we think that's realistically going to play out yes um yes. i am going elvis for makeup 
It has BAFTA Critics' Choice, uh, and it won both of the period uh, Makeup and Hairstylist Guild Awards, although uh, The Whale did win prosthetic makeup over Elvis. Um, not too difficult to have predicted that to happen. Yes, this is a hard one. And you know what? I think that All Quiet could actually be a, a weird upset here. I've been reading and hearing so much about the mud and, and how they worked with this. And all the stills you see of All Quiet on the Western Front are so dramatic close-ups of these faces with the mud. There's something about that. It, I wouldn't be surprised if that sort of split the vote. But... I am going to go with the whale, actually. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's interesting that you're that you're going with a split there. It's it's hard. It's hard to know, um, which is it could you know not that they haven't before. Um, I, Bombshell, uh, Vice, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, all one makeup and hair, but their leads did not win. I guess I'm probably going in the Jessica Chastain, Gary Oldman, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Meryl Streep vein. Uh, Austin Butler's makeup going from young Elvis, 70s Elvis, is really, really impressive. People just like to, with a few exceptions, like Dallas Buyers Club, they like to see the makeup. Exactly. That's what they I'm like thinking. to see the transformations, which is why things like Bombshell, Vice, and Darkest Hour win here. Uh, and Tammy Faye. I mean, because Tammy Faye beat out a Best Picture nominee, beat out Dune, also had Stellan Skarsgård yes, in a gigantic suit. <laughs> um, so, you know, leaning, leaning to a uh, a winner as a part of their transformation makes a lot of sense. I mean, even even with Doom, you know, there wasn't an acting component to go with it. Okay, well, we'll see. That's We're split on that one a bit. But uh, let's go to one of the most exciting ones of the night, and that's lead actress. Kate Blanchett in Tar, Anna Darmas in Blonde, Andrea Riseborough in To Leslie, Michelle Williams, The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. So again, this is a nail biter <laughs> and will be until yes. the envelope is open between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. It's, it is going to really, it is going to stir a lot of feelings uh, and Twitter and social media will have a whole lot to oh say. Oh my God. <laughs> who wins here? Um, Blanchett had obviously kind of positioned herself as the front runner with a lot of wins. BAFTA, Critics' Choice, Golden Globe. Um, and then Michelle Yeoh won SAG. And the response to that, and again, the proximity to voting. If Michelle Yeoh had won at the, in January, would she have been able to, to hold that status the whole time? And then, you know, BAFTA comes after that and uh, and and redirects it? Maybe. Um, Blanchett is obviously the, the, the big critical winner here. She has absolutely the lion's share. I am going with Michelle Yeoh. I am going with Michelle Yeoh as well because of SAG. Um, I think her momentum was good also, but it felt like Kate still was always edging her out in this incredible performance she does as Tar, but she has she has won twice. And um, Michelle Yeoh is just love for this film and this cast and the love for each other. Just, I think people want that too. Yeah, I mean, the, the historic nature of Yeoh winning here would be incredible. Um, Blanchett winning would not be a bad thing. Oh no! But but you know that the the response to a yo loss would not it won't play well. Not that the Academy gives a shit about that because they don't. <laughs> but it it won't, and I, I think that I mean yeah that would be unfair to Blanchett. Um, it's not her fault. <laughs> it's a stunning performance, and she's in a phenomenally strong film. 
Mm-hmm. She isn't a mm-hmm. she isn't a solo nominee here. She is um it's it's an absolutely barn burner performance. But I do I I I I I think it's yo. But to to what I wanted to bring up about studios and these acting categories, there is certainly a potential for A24 to win all four acting categories. It's never happened before. And for a, for A24 to finally have full-fledged contenders after their Moonlight win, because they had a horrible... It's been really bad since then. Um, and they have always had trouble managing multiple campaigns. And they have had a lot to manage here. And some they've just kind of denied and let, you know, exist on their own uh, to thrive survive or die um but yeah there is potential for a 24 to win every acting category here i don't think it's going to happen uh but it could but, i mean Brandon, but it could you can never say never these are our number twos and number ones we're talking about it's not our number five so there's a huge exactly, potential now that you say exactly right before we go to the last one, I just have to ask you about the Andrea Riseborough of it all, who, of course, uh, everyone knows. We don't have to talk about what actually happened, but how does this whole thing impact her career, you think, all that's happened? And she has, we haven't seen her at any of the events. She wasn't at the luncheon. What does no, that mean? She, she's she's shooting a movie with Kate Winslet, and I think she is focusing on that, I, and I don't blame her. Um, the the response and the the furor that surrounded her nomination and the campaign to get it was, you know, typical online hyperbole. Um, you know, some it's 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 situations like this that I. I do long for the days of pre-social media. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, it is also, you know, from our perspective in talking about the industry, one of the more fascinating things that's happened this year. Um, I, I hope and don't want it to be a negative impact on her at all. Because even though, you know, she was a part of her own campaign, it did feel like everything was happening sort of yes, around. Yes, that's her. what it felt this, like. This storm was happening around her. She was just, she was just at the eye of it. Um, I actually talked to Frances Fisher and Mary McCormick this last weekend at a party. And which what did they say? Fascinating. Well, you know they are. They were very passionate about this and her and and did everything that's been done before with campaigns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it, there, there wasn't anything like so over the top and outrageous that it was, uh, I mean, really worth an investigation, <laughs> but it happened anyway. I mean, we um, grew up in the age of Harvey. Yeah, and everything before that. I mean, 70s, 80s, and 90s had this that was the that was the old west of sports campaigns before they really installed a whole lot of rules uh in in how you can campaign where what you can say uh which was which was the thing that uh that brought all of the attention to this and that was fisher invoking other uh actresses as Oh, they're getting in. They're getting in. They're getting in. Focus your vote on uh, Riseboro, and that was in this era something you're not supposed to do. Uh, and to that effect, Davis and Deadweiler, who Fisher name drops, both were snubbed. So you 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 wonder how much impact that really had. Obviously, it had a great impact because she got the nomination. Is there any? world you see her winning no because the the road to a nomination was 218 people there are 10,000 people in the academy i i don't 
Can you imagine if that name's in the envelope? <laughs> Talk about an uproar. Oh my God. Twitter's going to, I mean, just forget <laughs> it. It will absolutely implode. <laughs> the, the servers will be destroyed. All right. The big one, best picture, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking. This is a lock and we're done. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Is there anything you see that can happen um, that can break everything everywhere all at once? I really don't because- Banshees and Tar have all of the things, you know, that, that can get you there. They have all the right other nominations. Fableman's um, is missing some, but at the same time, where's, where's the passion for that? Like true passion, all quiet, missing director. And I think that's really rough, but that again was an issue of timing. I think with a slightly tweaked timing, uh, Edward Berger could have replaced uh, Ruben Osland in director. Um, but I do think All Quiet is very in the race for second or third place. <laughs> um, and I think people are still trying to make the argument, even post-PGA, that everything everywhere isn't going to play well with older voters. But despite the older voters all the PG. <laughs> despite despite being proven otherwise. People people kind of when we get to this point, and there does look like something that's going to win, people have to create the conversations and the appearance of dissent uh to make it feel like a race so they can write things that they need to write and say things that they need to say. Sometimes it just is what it is. Um, and everything is going to go in with Critics' Choice and PGA and DGA and WGA, and here we are. This this is a movie. I'm I'm so repetitive because I I keep saying this, but this is a movie that has gotten to be the underdog and the front runner at the same time. And there is not enough time for a backlash because we are already at voting. A couple of months ago, I was absolutely sure that Banshees was really that type of movie that most people would have as one and two on the ballot. You know, that this was just a beloved movie in all categories of, of people. Um, but it just feels like this is everything, everywhere, all at once. Absolutely. And that's wonderful. I mean, it just feels like to rally around a film like this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and like we were saying earlier, this this has the potential to be one of the 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 biggest winning best pictures in a long time. The last best picture to win five or more was the artist 10 years ago. Uh Hurt Locker won six, 2009. We're in that territory. I think that's that just makes me so happy that a movie like this sci-fi drama and immigrant story that this is going to be one could be a huge historic evening for in Oscar history makes me happy to no end. <laughs> me too. Um, I I will love this as a best picture winner. It's it's every year that that chips away at the the idea of what Oscar bait is. Best picture winner is 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 good to me because that language is dated and even though we have things like you know green book and coda which have a lot of traditional feelings and elements to them we have moonlight and shape of water and now this and that parasite are going, and parasite that are absolutely the new world of what a best picture winner is and can be. So we, you know, people need to really change how, what they mean by that and, and how they describe that. You know, in the 90s, 80s, Fableman's, easy, yes, yes, easy. And it was my number one for months and months and months, all year long until it wasn't. It, it just feels like it's going to be an incredible night. I cannot wait. 
Eric, thank you so much. Can't wait to talk to you after also to see how this goes. Me too. I hope it's I hope it's results that we're hoping for. <laughs> Whatever it's gonna be, we're gonna have fun talking about it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Guilty Greenie. I feel like we should start off this show by saying it's nearly impossible to be a hundred percent sustainable given the current world we live in. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Not a great analogy for a vegetarian, but you know. We're talking uh, about sustainability, maybe not the best analogy. Don't eat the elephant is the first rule of the guilty green. There's your first challenge of the week. Avoid (laughs) elephants. What they used to call frugal is now considered sustainable. That's such an aha moment. Frugal to sustainable. You can save money and help the planet. That's going to be our new tagline for sure. You can find Guilty Greenie on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you prefer. And join us in tackling the Guilty Greenie challenges. Until then, stay curiously green.